It's got to be the airline trying to tell us that they've found our lost bag, Dickie says. He and Smith have a habit of trying to outdo each other with wisecracks. Dickie's referring to the hike he and Smith made several days ago to search for a village with a phone in order to contact their Kyrgyz travel agent about a lost duffel bag. The bag had gone astray somewhere between San Francisco and Bishkek, the Kyrgyz capital, during their flight, and it was loaded with climbing gear. That's really funny, Caldwell says, nervous and deadpan. I just hope they're really good shots and they're only trying to scare us, rather than really bad shots who are trying to hit us. They may not even know we're camped up here, Smith says. They might be shooting at our portal edges for target practice. Hell, maybe this is just how the locals get your attention around here. Since arriving at their base camp, they had been visited by many shepherds and soldiers, most of them armed with shotguns or rifles. Well, they've got my attention, Caldwell says. Smith waves his arm and calls down, Hey, don't shoot, we're up here. The men on the ground shout back. Drowned out by the white noise of the river, their reply is unrecognizable. Smith grabs Dickie's camera. A 200-millimeter lens is mounted to it. Smith's bunk site gives him a better view of the ground, and he aims the camera at the men below. One of them is waving at us. Looks like he's telling us to come down. A hush falls over the bivouac as the climbers digest the observation. Sitting side by side in their sleeping bags and their nylon fleece jackets, they exchange worried looks. Rodden and Caldwell clasp each other's hands. That they're being sucked into a vortex of danger is apparent. Someone has to go down to see what they want, Caldwell says. I'll go, Dickie says. Smith looks at his bunkmate and nods. At 25, Dickie is the oldest among them. He's the most traveled. He sports a beard, which gives him an appearance of maturity, and his way with people is relaxed and confident. He's also the scruffiest-looking one of them all, and he figures that might earn points with whoever is doing the shooting. They uncoil the tangle of their five ropes that are clipped to the wall around their portal edge camp, and they tie them end-to-end -to, -end to make a single thousand-foot strand. They lower one end of the rope to the ground, and Dickie connects his aluminum rappel device to it. Then he clips the device to his waist harness and eases over the edge of the portal ledge, like a diver rolling off a raft. Locking off the rope with a firm grip of his right hand, he hangs beside the portal ledge, and Smith hands him one of their Motorola two-way radios. Dickie slips it into his pocket. Pass my tobacco, Dickie adds as a parting request. What? That might come in handy down there. Maybe these guys need a smoke. It'll show them we're friendly. He shrugs, at a loss for anything further to add to the surreal situation they've woken to. Elsewhere in his travels, the laconic Texan has found the offer of a cigarette as a gambit for diffusing tense situations with rough customers. Smith passes the pouch of drum, then he shakes his friend's free hand. Good luck, dude, Smith says. Dickie swings into the void. It is 6.35 a.m., 20 minutes since the first shot hit the wall. His descent will take another half hour. He spins slowly as he glides down the nylon strands, pausing to hang on an ascender clamp every 200 feet so he can disengage his rappel device from above each knot, then reattach it below the knot. When he is 50 feet above the ground, he sees the gunmen clearly for the first time. My heart nearly leapt out of my throat, he would say of that first encounter. One man clasps a Kalashnikov assault rifle bearing a long banana clip. The other has a larger weapon with a two-pronged support mounted to its long barrel. A third armed man is positioned further down the hillside in a stand of tall brush. 
The men wear a hodgepodge of camouflaged army fatigues, the ragged sportswear of mountain villagers, and some stylish western mountaineering garments. They're not soldiers, and they are not shepherds. A man with a bushy black beard gestures insistently for Dickie to continue his descent. Dickie sucks in a deep breath and ropes down to the talus slope. On the ground, he detaches his rappel device from the rope. His heart is beating fast while he studies the gunman. They now number two, the man in the brush having departed minutes earlier. They beckon him to come closer. Dickie strides through sliding gravel, trying hard to appear calm. Good morning, Dickie says slowly, clearly. My name is John. He directs his thumb toward his chest to make it understood that he's introducing himself. The heavily bearded man steps forward. He's stocky, yet wasp-waisted, and he cradles his rifle close to his chest. A wild outburst of black hair is pressed underneath his...